Hey, hey, all you Arizona lovers, this is the Finding Arizona podcast, episode number 333. Yes, we are celebrating this magical number on this very special full moon with a very special guest. Yes, we have Rachel coming in to talk about Available Light, and we hope that you guys will go to the links and go check out Available Light and make sure that you stay connected with them like you're staying connected with us. Uh, I have a very special thing that I want to get through at the the end of this intro but before we get into it i want to do our little bit you can hear every episode of our podcast at finding we make it easy for you guys to stay connected with us so everything is under finding arizona podcast at social media so instagram facebook uh, Twitter. We're all available at Finding Arizona Podcast. So that being said, we hope that you guys stay connected with us. If you want to be very close connected with us, you can go sign up to our newsletter, which is a little bit more of the official side, or you can just follow us on our blog and vlog available on YouTube. The blog is available on our website and both are both personal touches of our family and just something that Brittany puts together very well edited on may I say and then also on top of that we have a lot of ways for you guys to become super fans so if you stay connected with us that way if you want to become a super de duper fan there's patreon.com slash finding Arizona podcast all that being said is we have a little bit there uh, of our socials but we want to make sure that we're staying connected with the community so we have this little thing that we got to away from and now we're bringing back so because october is a month of just pure golden weather here in phoenix we are making sure that a lot of you guys are staying in touch with some of the local community events and one of the things that i like to encourage is to always check out your own backyard so this is all events taking place in thunderbird lounge for this episode that we're doing this and we hope that you guys will be encouraged to send us your events at finding arizona podcast at gmail.com but before that, let's get into it. First up, their third annual drag drag queen cornhole tournament will be taking place Sunday, October 23rd at 1 p.m. It's $100 to play with a drag queen and 100% of the profits are donated to Phoenix Pride. Next up is the fourth annual pumpkin carving party, which will take place October 24th at 6 p.m. And that's a Monday. It's 21 plus because there will be pumpkin loggers, pumpkin porters, there will be pumpkin carving, and it is $10 to get the pumpkin included. So go check that out at Thunderbird Lounge. Next up is, and this is our final event over for Thunderbird Lounge, is their second annual Halloween party, which will be featuring Dave bar uh barley and i hope that you guys are encouraged to go take uh take place at that that's going to be taking place at october 29th at 9 p.m and i hope that you guys will always stay connected with thunderbird lounge because that's a beautiful local place for you to go check out on top of all of that we hope that you guys stay connected with every single guest who come through our doors that being said i will end this intro we are going into podcast number 333 with rachel of available light we will catch you on the next one hey guys it's jose I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. Have you been like me, been outside every three months just doing your own pest control and you're frustrated, you had it up to hear from your wife? Well, I got a place for you, happybeespestcontrol.com. 
They are the number one, first and only pollinator-friendly pest control company in Arizona. And I want to give you a chance to save $25 by going over to Happy Bees Pest Control slash Finding AZ, or just give them a call, 602-529-8797 to get everything from pest control, rodent control, mosquitoes, and bed bugs. Tell them Finding AZ sent you and get your discount today. This podcast episode is sponsored by the No Global Membership. Get into the room to network with other women you want and need to know. Link to join the Global Membership is in the show notes. Claim your freebie today. Welcome back, everybody, to the Fighting Arizona podcast. I'm your host, Jose. As always, we bring in very special guests, and today is no different. Ladies and gentlemen, I would love to introduce you to this owner, and uh, her name is Rachel, and I'm going to let her introduce her business and take it away. Go ahead and what we're talking about today. Hi, Jose. Yeah, my name is uh, Rachel, and I'm a, I'm a lighting designer. Um, I have a company, uh, Available Lights. Um, and you know, the first question I always get is like, what is a lighting designer? (laughs) You know, it's a, it's a, a bit of an uncommon, uh, profession. So, um, yeah. yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'm going to, I'm going to just go ahead and let you take it away because I I was going to say here, I was like, I I actually know what a lighting designer is just because I'm a landscape designer myself. We sort of cross cross paths every so often. So it's just like, yeah, I know. Uh, but I would love for my audience to get a, a background peek of what what a what a person of your business does. Yeah, so we're uh, architectural lighting designers. So we um, our job is to consult on the design and specification of you know all things lighting in uh, you know for permanent installations for buildings yeah. um, and also sort of temporary things. Um, you know, if you think of theater or if you think of you know trade shows you've gone to, conferences, mm-hmm. things like that. Any any lighting related element in a building is something that we um, are sort of experts in. So we work with uh, architects, you know, landscape architects, all kinds of architects, um, interior designers, um, museum exhibit designers, owners. Um, We have tons of clients just sort of across the boards and we we consult on on the lighting. And, um, you know, sometimes that does involve I think a lot of times when people say lighting designer, they think that you're designing the fixture itself, Mm -hmm. like the lamp or something. And that's not too much what we get into. We do do some custom like big chandeliers or something like that. But for the most part, that's what we do. Yeah. I mean, I'll just tell, I'll, I'll kind of, um, when people like from the layman's of like lighting and just the like understanding it, most people will, it will say, it's like, oh, you just need this sort of down lighting, uh, mm-hmm. that, that is just what people are used to this, uh, kind of like fixture that is, you know, relatively we've had fixtures like these where soffits and other kinds of downlighting have been a part of our culture in architecture and in um buildings for a very long time when you, you think about it castles had areas where they you know stuck the you know lanterns and you, you, fire consisted of light which then turned into electricity consisting of light and so that transition of like you know these lighting pieces and what they consist of and what they do what their fixtures what their purpose were it all has a history behind it and i've always found it kind of beautiful 
just because you see some of the artists today, um, like, oh, and it's going to blow my mind. I'm going to kick myself once I, um, it's the, the ASU, that little box. I don't know if you've ever been over there, but it's like this beautiful light uh, artistic piece. And it's by a, a, a really famous uh, this artist. I forget his name, but he uh, mainly. Terrell. Terrell. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Um, he mainly works with light. And that was just like, I think that as we're starting to manipulate and work with different kinds of pieces, yeah. um, mm-hmm. elements, it starts to become more of a, a beauty behind it. And it's always has been. It's yeah. just now we're, we're starting to realize it more and more. Where did you fall in love with lighting? I would love to ask you that. So I fell in love in, with lighting uh, on accident. Uh, <laughs> so as most people do, I think, in this profession. So I actually started out, this goes like back to high school, you know, I'm trying to fill my arts requirement to graduate and, you know, all my friends wanted to be actors and actresses. So I thought, oh, I'll take drama with you guys, Yeah. you know, and and next thing I know, I find myself working on the spring musical and I'm backstage and I'm starting to learn about lighting and lighting design. And then I went to college for theatrical lighting design. Wow. Um, and did that for a while. So I think, you know, what you were just talking about is is really interesting to me and is what's really drives me as a designer is, you know, for lighting, there is very much this sort of, you know, scientific element to it. You know, we need this much light to function. We need to do this. We need to provide this for safety and, and all these things. But lighting is so much more than just numbers on a paper. You know, it is how you experience the space, how you see the space, how it can mm-hmm. be revealed. And I think that's that's what's exciting to me is, you know, yeah. we have architects who design these beautiful spaces and it's how can we reveal it? How can we tell the story? And I think that story is what then goes back to sort of my theater days of like, you know, every space that you experience has a story to tell. Sometimes the story is we're having a meeting, but sometimes the yeah. story is like, let's learn about the history of the American Revolution, you know, something like that. So yeah, that's what drives me uh, a lot in my designs. I think that's something that, I mean, it's it goes back to just the, this, this is an elemental thing that we're trying to manipulate. And so to for humans to try and take sun and like, and now we're not even talking about the sun. Today, we're talking about very... Uh, a wide variety of lighting from sun daytime to night lighting, where it's like you're looking at what you're, you know, up lighting, down lighting and all the things that kind of where you want those elements to communicate in throughout your architecture. That's just something that you're you're kind of like you're telling almost a full gamut of stories. You're talking about, you know, your daytime elements and your nighttime elements. So right. and you just have this human connection to, to light, right? You were sort of hitting on it with, with daylight and how that affects us and the, you know, how our bodies are so connected yeah. to daylight and things. And, and it's just fascinating to me that there's, there's, you know, if you use lighting in, in one space, it says something, you know, on a subconscious level, something to one person versus another person, mm. you know, we all react to light differently, yeah. uh, respond, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's this like very sort of intangible thing that is just, you know, fascinating to me of that connection that we can make to it and how big it is in our yeah. everyday life. Absolutely. So you've kind of broken our typical structure of how we how we do this podcast, but that's okay. I love I love that. And that makes me happy because, again, it means that things are changing. Things are evolving. 
Um, typically now we used to ask like, how has the pandemic affected your business? And um, that is something that's still important to me, but it's good that we've changed some of the structure it just means that things are evolving uh, through time. And so, you know, as the pandemic lifts and we now worry about monkeypox, but you know, uh, one thing after another, one thing after another, but I, I would love to ask you, you know, what were some of the pivots or some of the changes that you had to do with your business and some of your employees, whatever it may be um, to help you, you know, stay afloat. Mm-hmm. So we had, uh, when the pandemic hit, we had sort of three offices. So we have Right now, we have uh, Boston, New York, Raleigh, and then we recently added LA and then, of course, uh, Phoenix now. So when the pandemic hit, we had sort of New York and um, Boston and Raleigh, Boston being our headquarters. So Mm -hmm. we were fortunate enough in that we were sort of already set up and that all of our work was already, you know, remote reachable. It was on a server. You could reach it. So yeah. And because of just the nature of the job, we're often traveling to various sites, you know, all over the U.S. And Mm -hmm. so we had that sort of baked in capability already to be able to access everything. So at the beginning, when we were first told to go home for two weeks, it was more of like, oh, okay, you know, (laughs) we work from home on Fridays anyway in the summer. So it was it was not um, a big there was not a big jump there, I think. Um, you know, obviously things got a little tight, projects slowed down, Mm -hmm. schedules got messed up, you know, things like that. And I think the biggest challenge for us was really just that remote aspect with working with other designers. Mm -hmm. You know, when we're so used to going into a conference room, you know, closing the door, we got big paper everywhere, lots of things to touch and sketch on and look at and making that pivot into a digital world is, is completely different. You know, yeah. there's something so different to like having a piece of vellum paper and you're like sketching something out and it just feels very, you know, like creative and tactile. Yeah. And now you're in this digital space of it's just not quite the same, you know, yeah. and also demonstrating the lighting, you know, when we do mock-ups or we want to show, you know, if you build your cove like this, or if you put your light here, like this is what it's going to look like. And doing that in real life versus trying to do it on a video camera is vastly different. Yes. Um, So just coming up with strategies of how we communicate with clients and how we communicate our ideas was probably the, the biggest challenge on top of just, you know, everything sort of slowing down, going on pause, you know, the uncertainty of everything. I think it just shows that uh, the resilience of like what you had to go through and and we're very much open to like hearing everyone's kind of like every detail of the story. And so it's interesting to me just as I hear the different stories and the different pivots and the realization of like everyone, everyone doing the, the necessary things, it's just kind of cool to kind of pick out uh certain elements for each different genre of like business and for uh, for lighting i love that it was it was like the one thing that really you know was it was a understanding that is very much on your guys and you guys were already deep introverted thinkers where you guys were like our business is this where a lot of people had to kind of understand okay you know, let's rethink about what we bring to the table. The thing that got me was like the tactile with you guys. It's like, 
it's like that's what we miss that element <laughs> it's just like yeah it's just so, something so simple but it's something so necessary especially like what we're talking about again it's an elemental piece of like mm -hmm. lighting and it's so hard and abstract kind of like okay one you know this one projects this lumion lumions and lumens and then you add in you know you're trying to tell a story here it's like yeah. how do i express more light is this and if i can't even show you on a screen the the benefits of adding more light or defusing you know certain yeah. areas and so i can understand and empathize that it's like that is something so critical and 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 just so critical for your business that it's just something that you i i kudos to you for figuring it out <laughs> yeah i mean you know it was just a lot of like, trying different things and trying to communicate different ways and i think you know at the beginning of the pandemic we were we were already looking at this digital world of renderings you know everyone wants yeah. to see a rendering and lighting is is difficult to render realistically in a rendering yeah. you know oh yeah absolutely for a reasonable amount of time put into a rendering you know so yeah um so that sort of pushed us towards that more and really helped mm -hmm. us sort of hone our skills and work with you know these different programs to help them sort of understand how light might work and what yeah. this would actually look like how do we make it actually you know because we have in our you know we know what it's going to actually look like so trying to get that on screen yeah. and, and things like that and you know for me personally the the pandemic i had my first daughter in at the end of February Dang, in 2020. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So my wife and I have pandemic, our little guy who was born last January. That's oh, the, really? yeah, did in the thick of it as well. But I mean, again, it's like, you know, your first child is important and that's, you know, we are, we'll get into this too, I guess now, because we're talking about it, but it's like, because things are different as far as what he, you and I had to go through mm -hmm. for the pregnancy, uh, meaning that parents for years before both parents could go to the, mm -hmm. the, the, the hospital, like for us, we were very blessed and lucky that I got to be a part of a lot of the meetings and a lot of the, um, you know, her doctor's appointments. My brother, on the other hand, who had his son just a few months after uh, our son, he wasn't as help, like he wasn't as lucky because the, you know, it was a little bit deeper and more of like stricter uh, time. So he had to go and not be a part of some of the, you know, doctor's appointments. He felt like, you know, it was just different experience. And I can only imagine what people, the difference between what, you know, you and our family had to go through versus years before where it's like, it's come and go as you please. And, you know, all the difference in the world, that human factor that we mm -hmm. talk about um, is something that I feel like it definitely changed, you know, in the, in the health department, like in the yeah, healthcare. Absolutely. And so, you know, that is something that I wouldn't, I was gonna try and, you know, ask you about as far as, you know, your level of understanding for your daughter and just kind of like where she lies as far as development in this world of the pandemic. Well, you know, we were fortunate. So she came in February, 2020. So we were fortunate in that all the doctor's appointments, the delivery, that was all pre pandemic. And then yeah. it was 
sort of right after that, you know, I had all these plans, all these mommy and me classes and all this stuff we're going to do. And of course, you know, that, that all went away and family's gone and, you know, everything. So, um, and then also trying to keep, you know, help keep the business together with the newborn. So it was, it was quite a phase for me, (laughs) but I think, you know, for her, she, from what I can tell, you know, she's doing okay. I mean, there was a while there where, you know, the mask thing of, you know, it was strange for her to to go out and not see people wearing masks, you know, so, but now, you know, she, she's two, she doesn't know, you know, it doesn't seem to be affecting her so much. And, you know, I think we've just been really fortunate in in how we've been able to navigate the waters here to try to keep it as normal as possible. That's beautiful. Um, I think that's all you can do, right? You know, you're, this isn't going to last forever. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I th- um, and I hope that she is just, you know, I that's a, always been kind of my thing. And now with um, families and everything like that, I just hope that there are, you know, playdates, all the things that like mm-hmm. with family now. And it's just because I've always felt like that's critical, you know, to the, that human connection as far as uh, development goes is, you know, spending time with grandma and grandpa, family members, um, you know, you could, I could literally be in front of my son 24 seven, but you know, he gets tired of me and he just wants to see (laughs) someone else uh, do a silly face. And, you know, that's the, you know, I just, I feel for the kids of this generation Mm -hmm. just because that's something that they'll miss out on or something that is just lacking these days, just because of, you know, it's, it is what it is. You know, we want the kids come first. So it's like, whatever we can do to keep them safe. But, you know, sometimes it's just so hard to let go of yeah. that uh, human factor. But I would love to get your 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 interests of like how the business now is like functioning as far as, um, you know, some of the, you know, changes in, you know, the p- pandemic now, and then some of the things that have now started to develop as far as, you know, I would love to get your take on like technology today too, as far as like bulbs and lumens and, and just kind of like where, what we're starting to see as far as um, also kind of the uh, sorry, like what we're doing as far as like saving energy and, and doing all of the sustainability factors as well. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, the, when the led came out, that was, revolutionary right before that we're talking you have sort of a couple different light bulb options and yeah some of them are not as aesthetically pleasing as others and, and things like that but you know with with led that that's just completely changed the game and yeah you know i would think that up until the pandemic it was just a constant reel of new products new products new products new products, new products. and it was just you know it's part of my job, you know, I got to, I got to keep up on stuff like that. So it was yeah. just constant, like trying to keep up, trying to keep up. And then when the pandemic hit, you know, that sort of new product development sort of slowed down for a lot of mm-hmm. manufacturers. And I think that sort of gave us a break to sort of take a breath and really under, you know, sort of better understand what's out there. Cause as yeah. it's constantly being thrown at you, it, it can be, you know, um, a challenge to keep up. So there was that. And I think right now with, with the industry, particularly with LEDs, I think, I think we've got, LEDs in a really good spot. You know, they are extremely efficient and we we know how to work with them better. We've mm-hmm. got, we're starting to get different, you know, warm factors, you know, uh, fixtures are starting to get a little more interesting and m- more comfortable. Like we're understanding that, you know, staring at an LED is not a very pleasant thing to look at in a space, you know, there, we yeah. want some comfort there as well. And, yeah. and the importance of that, and we're seeing that in, you know, 
codes and standards and things like that, as well as that understanding that the the comfortability of the space, as well yeah. as just the, the energy efficiency of it. And so at this point, I think what what's really revolutionary um, or what we're seeing and we're working with more and more is lighting controls. Like, how are we controlling the light in the space? Mm-hmm. How How is it turning on? How is it turning off? How is it being adjusted? And that's really where we're seeing the energy savings at this point. You know, we took yeah. LED got us to here and controls are taking us even further, you know? So um, it's, it's pretty extraordinary how little energy from a lighting perspective um, these buildings are starting to use, yeah. you know? Um, we talk sort of in, in watts per square foot, you know, how many watts within the space are you consuming? And, you know, not, not too long ago, you know, we were talking four or five for a museum exhibit and now we're down to one, you know, and across a big space, that's, that's amazing. Um, so we're just constantly pushing and our clients also pushes too, and owners too, you know, to their yeah. credit owners really are pushing us as well to, to just, use as little as as possible and it it all sort of affects each other right so if if lighting if we're using less energy there then you know for hvac it's less energy there to cool Mm -hmm. the space so it's all sort of builds upon itself too interconnected in a way Mm -hmm. um let me ask you this how i mean now that we brought in controllers and just being able to control um where does the factor of like those the understanding and the kind of education of smart homes now like that that form factor of like not a lot of people understood the you know the smart home wave of like you know this is going to be a big thing but now as we've started again i think the big thing was like we've had time to understand and Uh sit down and just really digest the abilities that we have with these the, the new technology um i think that's kind of like one of the biggest thing and you now start to see like you know, people wanting full on smart homes and just mm-hmm. being able to control that ability that of the in and out uh, elements of the home. So I would love to get your perspective of like what the clientele has now started to kind of ask for or what their level of education that you started to kind of familiar yourself with these smart home pieces for residential. Because I know commercial is I mean, commercial spaces usually have those controllers already kind of pre-built and kind of like that. that's kind of the main mm-hmm. importance of commercial. But now residential is not getting to that factor of like control. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say, you know, when all that came out, it was there were several different protocols that came out. You know, there were lots of different options of how all your pieces in your home could communicate with each other. And everyone sort of had a different idea. So it's we've been watching that race and sort of seeing like, okay, which protocol is going to kind of take over. And I think we've gotten, to, <laughs> <laughs> we've gotten to the point now where it's like, okay, one, one is clearly becoming more of a front runner. And I think that is also making the installation easier and, and also just the usability easier when, you know, it, as it was coming out, it was sort of piecemeal, you know, you get a piece yeah. for this, a piece for that and a piece for that. And now we've sort of, the market has sort of leveled out and we've sort of got multiple pieces that speak more of the same language. So you can get more of a system and it's more reliable and, you know, easier to use. And it's just, you know, it just takes time sometimes for these really, you know, every time a cool thing comes out, it's like, all right, give it a second. Let's (laughs) let it, let's let it figure itself out. And then, and then we can go in. So um, I would say that's sort of what we're seeing is just more standardization of of protocols. And that just is always offers more stability. 
Yeah. Do you got anything? Like, let me ask you this. What do you like to use as far as your own home? Like, do you have any smart elements that you like to particularly uh, have throughout the house? I would say that, you know, it's kind of like asking a doctor if they have a Band-Aid, you know, it's like, no. <laughs> um, so in my own home, I, I have um, some smart switches, you know, lights that turn on and off on their own mm-hmm. um, timers and reacting today. For me in my house, it's more about the quality of light that I'm yeah. getting. Okay. Um, so I'm pretty particular about which light bulbs and fixtures I light in and, and where they're placed in a space. Yeah. Um, less so than, you know, I'm still using toggle s- switches, I'll be honest, but um, I do okay. timers and stuff. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm slowly like I'm the same way. I mean, I live yeah. in a home that's built in the 1940s or 50s. And that's kind of like, I'm slowly getting the switches over some of like, we had to ground yeah. all of the wire because it wasn't grounded. Oh, geez. Yeah. And uh-huh. so we had to ground all the outlets when we moved in and that took like two days. Um, but yeah, it's like that sort of stuff is just like, it's important. And I, for me, it's like that as a, as a designer and as someone who's always found it very interesting and very important to, because water is an element that I love controlling and just having the ability to, you know, irrigate, my plants, you know, the way that I want it and not mm-hmm. have to be uh, stifled by going out individually every day and doing it, but just have that control factor. It's just like, again, like you said, yeah. I'm particular because I deal with it all day. Right. You're particular because you deal with it all day. And it's just like, again, it's like when you have that control, it just makes your life happier and just... You know, it gives you a sense of joy. <laughs> I think for my home, you know, sort of going back to that human connection, I, I'm, you know, the circadian rhythm that that internal mm-hmm. clock that we all have that is very much triggered by, you know, the sun rising and the sun setting. And, yeah. and I think it's, you know, it's a very hot topic right now of how can your artificial light in your house, you know, help that clock. And to me, I think that's the bigger aspect than than maybe controls, you know, I, I have, you know, fixtures placed in my house and things. And, you know, I turn yeah. certain lights on and off to sort of help aid that cycle as much as we as we can so so I guess my smart switch is my husband and I say hey put us in night mode and he knows which switches to turn on you know or something like that so I think I um, love it that you know and and that's something I'm also passionate about and and I feel like you know to make comfortable spaces in our home is sort of understanding like where the light is coming from in your house and the color of that light is Mm -hmm. is sort of two things that are you know pretty easy to sort of understand and, and implement in your house to sort of aid that circadian rhythm. You know, if you if you think about the sun and how it sort of arcs over the horizon, right? You know, in the morning it starts low, it goes high, and then it comes back down. If you are able to sort of mimic that in your house, you know, if in the middle of the day your lighting is coming from mm-hmm. above you and then at the end of the day it's more sort of at eye level, you know, you, that helps to to mimic that cycle and get those yeah. triggers to go to sleep. You know, sort of on a minimal level I'm obviously not a scientist I mean you know but um but it's just sort of understanding those little patterns um yeah absolutely I think that's something I think that's something that looks like I've always said every little bit counts so it's Mm -hmm. like every little factor that you try and I have this is because you know if I had this open you wouldn't be able to see in my face lighting in itself is important to videos and Mm -hmm. all that other stuff so everything is important to I mean lighting is it's crucial in a lot of different elements that you do uh, in creativity. 
Um, so I'm going to ask you this last question and we're kind of reaching the end here and just we've, we've, we've touched everything and I really do appreciate you talking with me, but I would love to get some goals set for you as far as the business and what the future looks like. And, you know, if there's something that our fans can help you with, if there's something that you guys want to reach or, or try and accomplish by the end of the year, now's your chance to let that, let that universe know. Oh, that's awesome. So, you know, the the Phoenix office, which is obviously where I'm based, you know, we launched uh, in May. So it's a pretty new office. The company itself is is 30 years old. Um, so I think, you know, as far as goals for the end of the year here is I'm just looking to get out and meet people, you know, and converse with people and and talk with anybody who wants to listen to me talk nice. about lighting and, yeah. and how we can implement it in different spaces, you know, Um uh, it's just a passion of mine and I would love to share it with anybody who's interested in, in talking about it, you know, whether it's a house or a new building or, you know, yeah. whatever, you know, I just want to meet people, you know, I'm, I'm from Phoenix originally, um, or from the area, I should say originally, it's yeah. actually Prescott, but you know, it's okay. been yeah. 10 years <laughs> since I've lived here, you know, so, um, I just want to get back in it and understand what, what's going on here. You know, I, part of the reason we started this office, you know, it's half, personal because I wanted to be near my family for, mm -hmm. you know, my, my kids growing up and things. Um, but also professionally, you know, the growth here, what we're seeing in, in yeah. buildings is really the creativity. Big. I mean, just creativity like, and, and as we're building, you know, these, these beautiful buildings and nice spaces, you know, with that, you know, we need good lighting too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, just offering that to the, to the world and also education, you know, I just love to get out there and, mm -hmm. and teach and talk about lighting and, mm -hmm. All I think that. one thing too is like you have a, a um very unique situation too in being that lighting here is different way different than the mm -hmm. east coast. Yeah. I mean we're talking about blaring sun at a hundred you know we're we're at a different elevation on top of in a unique valley that is just like soaking in all of that brightness and and just you know there's so much that comes to Phoenix that's different than what the east coast brings and I just I think it's a beautiful factor that you get to play with because it is such a, I mean, what we had our sunrise at five, six, this mm -hmm. uh, six today. And it was, uh, by 9am, it was like 98 yeah. almost. Yeah. And so, I'm, you know, yeah, lighting heat and you know, what you're dealing with on, on this scale is different. And it's just so unique in the sense that's like, shade versus light versus you know what you what you're trying to tell here and it's to me i think that is so unique and beautiful because you're dealing with two like mm -hmm. dark shot like dark and light and you're dealing with yeah. these two very important it's like where do you find the middle or where do you where do you really want to you know, lose one versus the other. And yeah. it's just I like, mean, you're sort so of talking good. about sort of two things, right? I mean, we're talking about contrast here, you know, in Phoenix, the contrast between what you see outside and also how you view a building during a day versus how you view a building at night. Like those are drastically different yeah. um, backdrops, you know, so understanding the contrast of light and what light is competing with because electric light obviously cannot compete with the sun. Like that's no. just not a thing. <laughs> yeah. So, but understanding the contrast and how we can make that contrast work to our uh, advantage and again revealing the space and then also along with that is I think something that really comes from this from my theater background which is a sense of hierarchy you know mm. we can't um, 
light everything all the time. So what is important here? What in yeah. and using light to understand like what's the most important thing in this space? What's secondary? What's sort of yeah. you know not quite as important? And so it's it's contrast and hierarchy. Mm. And you're totally right in that those elements are vastly different here in the valley than they would be elsewhere in the world. I, I love it. I, and you just hit it on the head. It's like, yeah, they're so vastly different. And before we go, they, thank you again for, for indulging me on that. I would like to kind of ask you this, and, and this will be my last question is, is there anything that you particularly, you know, like to keep in your day or week to keep you balanced or just kind of, I asked this of all the business owners is just because it helps me kind of, because I'm a business owner myself. It's like, is there something that you like reading, meditation, or just something like walking outside that you like to keep in your repertoire to, you know, to keep you level-headed? Uh, well, coffee for sure. Uh, <laughs> That's a must. That is a, <laughs> That's must. a must. That's a must. And I would say, you know, for me, it's really been, because I work from home, you know, I have sort of yeah, a home office yeah. and I think it's really compartmentalizing the the two and understanding when I'm at work mm-hmm. and when I'm at home. And Beautiful. I think that for me has been really critical in being successful in in both and having sort of that those hard lines of when I'm working mm-hmm. and when I'm not working. And that's not to say that I'm completely unreachable or something, but it's just understanding that that disconnect. And and to your point, you know, a lot of how I make that um transition is I'll go outside and take a walk, you know, yeah. just something physical to get out and know that I'm so moving smart. from one part, Space. one yeah, hat sure. to another, one hat to another. Yeah. So um I think that's really been key and something that I've had to learn. I think a lot of people have had to learn yeah. that. I'm, I'm the same home. way. As soon as my wife told me and we were pregnant, it was kind of, or it was kind of like the pandemic was be, like, it just became a thing. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, Oh, people are trying to work from home. And I'm like, well, you just told me, and I'm like, well, and we were at the position of like, okay, so which one of us is going to, you know, we had to start making these decisions, like which one of us is going to be home with him to, you know, because mm-hmm. we didn't really want anyone else to raise him. So we were just like, well, what's the best way? So the best way for us was just me for staying at home. And I had to learn, and I'm still learning that is that element of like what you said, it's like that hard, you know, this is, this is me with him father son i'm caretaking this is my time with him and work is this time to this time and so it's like that that sort of thing did get a little bit wishy-washy in the beginning but (laughs) now like you said it's like just going outside or just like right today i went straight from doing a meeting we went to library class and we had a library class together and we just you know played and sang together and that was my like switch and so those types of things are, yeah, I agree with you are very critical. And I just, I mean, I'm loving it right now just because I, he's at a good age where we can hang out and just play. And I think yeah. right now we've, we're both at a point in our lives where we're like getting the hang of it, dad, son, and it's just a lot of fun. So kudos to you for figuring it out on your end too. And I, I wish you all the luck. And I hope that people listening take our conversation and just know that we're both passionate nerds about this sort of thing. And <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Passionate nerds. Absolutely. Passionate nerds about it. And just, again, I'm, I'm like you, it's like, if, if you can talk like this and have this kind of conversation with someone who's just, I just grazed what 
you know, I've caught on with my own education as a designer. And that may be a little bit more than some people, but most people have my level of education of like knowledge of lighting. And so we just nerded out together. And I know that if anyone can nerd out as that much with someone as novice as myself, it shows the level of interest that you have in your business. It shows the level of passion. And that's what we're, that's what today was all about. And I, I really do have high hopes for for you here in Phoenix. And first off, welcome back. Thank it's, you. <laughs> welcome back. And I hope that everyone here will show you the understanding of uh, of community over competition. That's the kind of saying that we have here is, is that that w- that's what makes us different than most cities is our level of community over competition. So uh, this end part is for you to promote your business and let everyone know where they can find you online social media, any events that you want to shout out or any uh, anything under the sun, it's it's yours. Go ahead and take it away. So yeah, you can find us at uh, availablelight.com. That's probably the most, um, the easiest way where we're on, you know, Instagram and Facebook and all social media is still all available light. And then, you know, I personally am on LinkedIn. I, I am a big fan of LinkedIn and love to connect to people. So awesome. just Rachel Gibney on LinkedIn and, um, you know, as, as things are ramping up, uh, as we move into the fall and there are more mm-hmm. events going on and things, I'll definitely be out and about and looking to meet everybody. And, um, yeah. you know, thank you so much. This has been a blast. No I really do appreciate it. And it's been a blast talking to you. So before we go, ladies and gentlemen, you can hear every episode of our podcast at findingarizonapodcast.com. All of our social media is under Finding Arizona Podcast. If you want to send us an email, that's findingarizonapodcast at gmail.com. And last but not least, she's not sitting here, but it's uh, it's our normal uh, goodbye saying it's kisses, hugs, and belly rubs to our four-legged friends. And we will catch you on the next episode. Good night, y'all.